It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Faster my crazy day, my pack commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. getting ready for the Giants. They're a very, very good football team. Um, they've got a lot of weapons offensively. Obviously, the quarterbacks won two Super Bowls. The, uh, they've had a lot of talent defensively. Uh, it'll be a great test for us. Uh, we're going to need our fans to be really loud, help with their no-huddle offense, and uh, get that skull chant going. So, anything we can use. Welcome to Locked On Vikings Friday Edition. Sam Ekstrom and Sage Rosenfels. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review. That would be great. It's our final show of the week, our seventh week. Sage, welcome to the show. Just got one more weekend to get through, and then it's Vikings Giants on Monday. Yeah, uh, happy uh, happy Friday, and it'll be an extra day, I guess. And we get to have a, I guess we get to have a Monday morning um, podcast as well before the Monday night game. Should be a fun. And to, against my two former teams facing off the Giants and the Vikings should be a good one so when you played games on Monday night in your career what did you do on Sunday because I assume that you were probably in the city like you were either at home or you were in the city you were going to play in at that point did you have meetings that day still with the coaches or did you get the day off did you watch football or did you try to get away from football well, Sunday, I mean, the schedule sort of everything just gets moved back a day if you have a Monday night game. So, you know, a lot of times you'll have a, you know, normally it's a Wednesday, Thursday, or your hard practices. Friday's a sort of a half practice or two-thirds practice, and Saturday's a walkthrough, and Sunday you play. So what they do a lot of times is sort of uh, make when they almost have like an extra Wednesday, but it may, it may not be a full Wednesday and then like your normal Wednesday practice turns into a Thursday practice. So everything just sort of gets moved back uh, in the week. So really like a Sunday is almost your normal Saturday, uh, which is either you're traveling um, and going to a hotel, going to that city or for, for a home game. You usually get to spend, uh, you know, after morning walkthroughs and meetings, you're home by, let's just say, noon. And you get to spend some time uh, with your family before going to the team hotel at uh you know, seven o'clock or so on, on Sunday night. And so, yeah, I think it's a, it's that rare time you get to watch a lot of football, a lot of NFL football. Uh, you get to watch a decent amount of college football, a normal Sunday game, but for these Monday night games, you get to watch a, you get to watch a lot of NFL football, which is, it's, it's sort of, it's sort of strange, I guess, uh, because you actually watch so little of it on, uh, at least, at least on like a regular TV version. It is kind of interesting because, you know, we in the media and I think a lot of the fans out there probably see more of the other teams in the league than a lot of the players do. And they probably don't see a whole lot until they actually sit down and watch the film. You know, they're playing on Sundays. I would doubt they watch a whole lot of Sports Center during the week. I feel like they have other things on their mind, probably other things they have to do. 
So is that kind of the case? You're not really that aware of what's going on around you until you finally dive into that tape? Well, yeah, I mean, the majority of the time you're watching Sports Center either at night uh, as you're, you know, laying in bed or something, or sometimes, like, say, during breakfast, some teams will have uh, televisions in the cafeteria. So you'll catch Sports Center or, or NFL Network and things like that. That's pretty much it. But I think the difference is, you know, when you're watching film, uh, you're just watching, like, just straight football. But when you actually watch a game on TV, you start hearing all these backstories. And being that I have broadcasted a few games myself, uh, for Iowa State, you know, you do a lot of research on uh, the players' histories and families and things that have happened to just unique stories, I guess. And you don't really know any of that stuff when you're just watching tape. But when you, you know, when you hear uh, Collinsworth and, and Mike Tirico and these guys talking about uh, all these other little side stories, it's sort of it's a it's a different type of obviously a different type of watching the game than just sort of the the bird's eye view of. Uh, you know, what what offenses and defenses are doing from an X's and O's standpoint. So the Vikings are in another situation where they have to scout a relatively new coaching staff. They did so with Tennessee in week one. They got by them winning by nine, and then they have to face the Ben McAdoo coaching staff on Monday. I asked Sam Bradford yesterday, you know, how familiar is this Giants team on tape to the one that you played twice last year? And he said, it's incredibly different. They have a ton of new players on defense. Eight new starters is what Mike Zimmer told us yesterday. You know, it got me thinking, when you watch film on opposing defenses, what are the specific areas you're looking for? Are you honing in on different players individually to see where you can exploit? Are you looking at the schematics as a whole? Where do your eyes go to when you look at that film? Well, I think you generally, you sort of have an idea of who the premier players are. Um, you know, let's just say you have three levels of players. You've got like premier pro players, like a pass rusher, an all-pro pass rusher. Then you have guys who are all sort of in the middle. And then you might have uh, one or two players you feel like you can pick on, a safety, a corner, maybe a linebacker. Uh, and, and so different levels. And But usually you're sort of looking at uh, the X's and O's, what coverages they play, what blitzes do they like to run, uh, what blitzes cause us trouble. What do they do uh, from an X's and O's standpoint in uh, different formations, things like that. And then as you're watching the tape, uh, the player's actual natural abilities, uh, they come out during that time. Um, you might be watching, you know, uh, cut-ups on third downs. Like, man, this one linebacker, you know, bar, let's just say, can really blitz or occasionally can put, can put his hand in the dirt and also just be a pass rusher. And you start figuring those things out. But initially – you're really just looking at the X's and O's of the game and the schematics uh, and what the opposing team does and how you and think, you know, and take some notes of how we can attack that with some plays. But then obviously those premier players or I guess uh, the lesser players sort of stick out at you uh, as something you can attack or, or you're going to have to help with. This is probably a pretty stupid question. It just interests me. How does the tape work? Does someone is someone sitting there with a fast forward and a rewind, or do they have it all, you know, cut up nicely so it goes from one clip to the next? How does that work? So it's all broken down uh, play by play, and, and so these uh, these you know whether it's advanced scouts or these um, these younger coaches, these sort of uh, assistant coaches, uh, the lowest paid guys in the staff, they're getting all these these games in from. Uh, from other teams, and they'll break down four, five, six games of, of each opponent, and they actually have to go through each play, put down, distance, uh, time on the clock, um, 
uh, you know, sort of what the defense is, maybe what the offense is, you know, result, uh, you know, whether it's a run, it's a pass for how many yards, et cetera, et cetera. So they put all this information in sort of an Excel spreadsheet. And then you can just watch a game, you know, play one through play 60, uh, you know, just offense or just defense generally. And I would never obviously watch another team's offense. I could really care less about that. But uh, or you can break it up into, you know, give me all the first down runs. Give me all the you know first down passes. Give me all the third and, you know, five to sevens. You can break them down into individual categories as well uh, to be more efficient. Um, so. Um, you know, that's those assistant coaches break all that film down, and then you you have some sort of uh, almost like a remote control that you know play fast forward, slow motion, rewind, uh, skip to the next play, those types of things uh, to make it uh, make it make it go faster and your ability to uh, to really coach. Sage, we got to get you into Mike Zimmer's annual film session because most of us there have no clue what's going on. The, <laughs> the guy's talking well, Greek. Uh, we got to get you in there to actually challenge him and ask some questions. I, I would love to do that. Uh, I've never even heard. I don't even know what that is. So, yeah, give me a heads up next time. I'll try to be in Minneapolis. I think that would be fantastic. I mean, as a backup quarterback, you become an expert on watching films because that ends up a lot of times being sort of your value to the team and, and also how you survive. I mean, you you have to get all these mental reps and be prepared and, and be able to anticipate what teams are doing because you're not getting all the, the reps and practice or in games to physically go out there and, and go against the defense. Before we continue, uh, I was checking out my SeatGeek app last night just to see what the Vikings Giants tickets were looking like. Some incredible value on the SeatGeek app. You can get tickets for less than $100. SeatGeek tells you where the value is. It's incredibly efficient. And uh, SeatGeek is by far the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year with SeatGeek. It's never been easier to get the tickets you want for a great value. The best deals on every ticket in the house, wherever you want to sit, 50-yard line, club seats, upper level, whatever you want. You know, I've got the app. It's the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere on the globe, and with just a few taps, boom, I've got the tickets instantly. You get the best value on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And they want to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Every ticket you buy in SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. So here's what you have to do to get that $20 rebate. Download the SeatGeek app. Very easy. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter the promo code LOVIKINGS. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOVIKINGS today. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst so we'll actually talk about some vikings giants news 
Zach Line was held out of practice yesterday, the Vikings fullback. That was really the only injury-related news that surprised us. We didn't really expect to see Alex Boone. We didn't expect to see uh, David Morgan. And we didn't expect to see Sharif Floyd. But the fullback, Zach Line, not practicing. I think that's an underrated facet of this team. Zach Line's a very good blocking fullback. He paves a lot of holes. He protects the quarterback quite a bit. I got to imagine the fullback is one of the most unsung heroes on any team. Uh, yeah, the, the def, he definitely is, and, and they do a lot of good things for the football team. But, you know, some teams use a fullback uh, a lot, and some teams don't. Uh, I guess it depends on your style. Obviously, fullbacks generally aren't as good in the passing game. They're usually, you know, usually tight ends are 6'3 to 6'5, Kyle Rudolph being, you know, 6'6, six, six, almost 6'7. Six, he's, he's a little bit, he's even taller, but. You know, most fullbacks are a little bit shorter, you know, six, six foot, six, one, six, two. Uh, so they can't really play the tight end position. Um, so there's sort of this, uh, and, and so they're not really as a, as a threat in the passing game. So a lot of teams don't like using the fullback nearly as much just because they're not really a passing game threat. But, you know, you also get guys who are six, four and six, five, who might be better, you know, running down the field. They don't get as low in, in the run game uh, in that sort of in that fullback position. So sometimes you have these like H-back guys, guys like Red Ellison, who are tight ends, but sometimes you can put them in the backfield. Well, it's usually it's hard to be a good pass catcher down the field as a tall tight end, but also then be able to get in that lower stance to get underneath the linebackers' pads uh, and make an impact in the running game. So some teams have decided just to go to, right to that tight end because they're more of a threat in the passing game, but other teams. Uh, the, the Vikings being one of them, the Denver Broncos, Kubiak's always loved that fullback. Uh, they like that, uh, that, that big hit at the point of attack. Uh, so those linebackers have to come up and, and attack the line of scrimmage, which a lot of times in, in the play-action game opens up big holes behind them. Thank goodness the Vikings have Ellison on the roster because fullback's a position where you don't necessarily have a true backup, but Red Ellison's very capable of playing that position. Now, he played a lot of fullback at USC, and then when he came to the Vikings, he was actually more of a fullback than a tight end. He wore the number 40, which is the classic fullback number. And then when Zimmer came in, they brought in you know the tight ends coach. Um, at the time, I think it was Kevin Stefanski, and they switched Ellison to a tight ends number, number 85, and they got him playing more on the line. I remember asking him in 2014, what position are you, Rhett? And he wasn't even sure because he was being tossed around between fullback and tight end. He settled into tight end, but I think he's obviously one of the best blocking tight ends on the team. He could probably play some fullback in a pinch. Yeah, Rhett, Rhett's one of those uh, like utility players. He can play a little fullback. He can play a little tight end. He's pretty good on special teams. Adds more value to him as a football player and to this football team. So the New York Giants have major injury issues, particularly in their secondary. They have two healthy safeties. Landon Collins is an established safety, but Andrew Adams, their other healthy safety, an undrafted rookie free agent. Then at the cornerback, Dominique rogers Tremardi and Eli Apple have a groin and a hamstring issue, respectively. We heard uh, what Art Stapleton had to say about them yesterday. He thinks that DRC might play, Apple probably not, but they're both in question. So New York is so depleted in the secondary that Ben McAdoo the other day at practice said they've been cross-training offensive players in their secondary as backups. This seems terribly unorthodox. <laughs> well, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, you know, it's an interesting story here. It's going way back to the Steve Spurrier days when I was in Washington, 2002, before I, I get traded 
to the Miami Dolphins and and Marvin Lewis was our defensive coordinator and Spur, I, the rumor was that I heard a story that he and Spurrier had this conversation and they're looking at the practice fields. We had four practice fields up in Washington and and Spurrier says to Marvin, he says, no, you guys can have those two fields and we'll work on these two fields over here. And Marvin goes, listen, listen, coach, we have to work together here. We only have 53 guys at the time. I think only six practice squad guys. So, you know, this is not college football where you're three and four deep at every position. Uh, if you get low in the secondary, you might only carry four safeties on your roster. Well, if two are hurt, uh, you got to find some, some backups somehow. So you either sign guys up or in emergency situations, you have to maybe have a, a receiver learn how to play, uh, you know, slot cornerback or something. And, you know, a lot of these guys did play corner or safety in college, or I'm sorry, in high school. And some of them probably were very, very good at it. And so it's not like uh, they're, they're asking guys who have never played those positions to go out and play them, I assume. He's asking some of these sort of, you know, fourth and fifth receivers to go and uh, at least try to play, a, you know, just a, just a cover three off corner uh, and, and make the offense execute. Odell Beckham lined up across from Stefan Diggs. There's the snap. <laughs> Beckham knocks him down. Pass interference on Beckham. Um <laughs> Okay, final segment of the day. It's called NFL Rapid Fire. I'm going to shoot you some of the top matchups of the weekend. Give me your quick trigger thoughts. Are you ready? All right. We'll start in the NFC North, the only NFC North game on Sunday because the Packers have a bye. It's the Lions at the Bears. Uh, This is a a game I have no interest in watching, but as NFC North fans, we should be paying attention to it. Um, it doesn't matter who wins because neither of them are going to make the playoffs. The Lions have somehow won six straight games over Chicago, so I'm just going to stick with that trend and go with Detroit. Real quick, I actually, I'd rather have Brian Hoare be my quarterback than Jay Collar. I just want to say that. You, you, were, <laughs> you were stirring the pot the other day. I saw that. You had people coming out of the woodwork. A lot of Cutler apologists out there. All right, Seahawks, Jets, what do you think? Seahawks, Jets. Uh Russell Wilson hasn't been that healthy. Uh, that's been a struggle this year, and their offense isn't what it, what it used to be. But Ryan Fitzpatrick has been turned the ball over uh, at an amazing level. I think he had about four or five interceptions last week. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks. And there's some Seahawks usually start a little bit slow, but know how to turn it on. Seahawks traveling east with that time difference. I don't know. Russell Wilson's got a bad knee. I you think- didn't add that to the equation. You gotta give me all the details. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, the Panthers going to the Falcons. Carolina struggling. Atlanta putting up some big points on offense. Can the Panthers bounce back? Atlanta scored a lot of points last week, but this isn't the defenseless uh, New Orleans Saints. I like Carolina in this ballgame. Sunday night football, Chiefs at Steelers. Steelers with a tough loss last week playing at home. Uh, ben always seems to bring his best uh, magic uh, in prime time. I like uh, I like Big Ben and the Steelers. Of course, we'll reserve our Vikings-Giants predictions for Monday, so we'll hold off on that. That's our NFL rapid fire with Sam and Sage. And by the way, I like the Steelers in that game, and I think I actually am sort of fond of uh, of Atlanta in, in that other game. I think that Carolina's got the Super Bowl hangover going on. I think the Falcons can put up some big points. I'll go with the Jets. I'll go with the Falcons. I'm loving the underdogs, actually, in these games. Anyway, that'll do it for our Friday edition. Sage, we'll uh, maybe see you on Monday. 
Sounds good. I'm going to be at the game, and obviously we'll do our podcast beforehand and give our predictions. Fantastic. He's Sage Rosenfels at Sage Rosenfels18. I'm Sam Ekstrom on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom. Make sure to go listen to Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson, Locked On Fantasy with Vinny Iyer. And once you've uh, downloaded the new Van Morrison album on iTunes today, like I am, go uh, subscribe to this podcast and leave us a rating. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners, this is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Locked On Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Locked On Wild to your device every day.